It's Adasha Townsend of the Feast and Fashion Podcast. I'm a veteran food and beverage journalist who's worked with some of the most notable media outlets in the world. Feast and Fashion is the intersection of food and fashion, one beautiful plate or glass at a time. With each episode, I will introduce you to fascinating, fabulous people in the culinary industry. Today, Ashley Tuck joins me. She's Baltimore-based and founder and editor of Will Drink for Travel, a website dedicated to culinary-focused adventures. Ashley's goal is to show everyone that traveling through food and drink is an incredible way to immerse themselves into cultures other than their own. Her adventures have taken her to more than 30 countries worldwide, with extended stays in Tanzania, Zambia, and South Africa. She's also created a guide of more than 130 Black-owned spirits. Here's our conversation. So you're my kind of girl because when a lot of people travel, they want to see, you know, they want to climb mountains or they want to see the natural sites. And that's cool, of course, or go to museums, but you want to see how the the natives eat and drink. And I love that. I absolutely love that. So you've been to over 30 countries worldwide, and then you've been to the three African countries we were talking about. And just how different do people eat and drink around the world from what you've discovered than Americans? Yeah, that's an interesting question. I think in South Africa, for example, I was hanging out for some friends and we went to a local place mm-hmm. and they, you know, eat with their hands uh, some of the dishes, which was, you know, a little jarring for me the first time I saw because, you know, Americans, we don't really eat with our hands. We eat with forks and knives. So, and not to say that they don't either, but like when they're eating some of their local dishes, you know, that's right. how they eat them. And so that was a little bit different. Um, for me. But I I think it's super important that when I do travel, that I do do things as the locals would do. Not only because that's how they do do them, but to be respectful and to really experience their culture as they would experience mine. I love it. I love it. So I, I love the idea that you said that you were going for your job and you just decide you're in some of these places because of your job, but you took it one step further and you really immersed yourself in the local culture and the food and the beverages. So let's get into those beverages. You've created this guide of black yeah. owned spirits, you know, and I'm like, I want to kick myself because I should have thought of this years ago. So I absolutely <laughs> love this. So does this cover the entire world or is it the United States? So it's a it's a black owned spirits guide. There are over 140 black owned spirits that I have either looked up or um, been told about. You know, various people know about my list, and they'll send me other information. So some of the spirits are actually in South Africa or are based in London. Uh, most of them are, are American based, uh, okay. but there are a few that are from around the world. But I really want to capture all black owned spirits, no matter where they are just so that you can experience them if you are there. And so I actually have an interactive map as well of the United States. Like if you click on your state, you can see like which black owned spirits are available in your state. So you could look it up and then either have it delivered or, you know, find a local, local liquor store there. How did you come up with this concept? Well, you know, last year with George Floyd's murder, And, you know, there was this big boom for supporting Black-owned businesses. And I'm like, what can I do to support 
this movement? How can I use my platform for good? And finding Black-owned spirits was a natural fit. I also have uh, over 100 Black-owned restaurants in Baltimore on my website as well, because that's where I live. Um, and so really just using my platform for things that I was already doing. You know, I was already drinking Uncle Nearest, uh, one of the, the the biggest black owned whiskey or spirit in the United States. And so mm-hmm. um, just really expanding on that idea and making my resources like the most encompassing so that people who are searching for this information know exactly uh, where to go and what's available to them. Now you've got 140 spirits here that you've compiled over the year. Amazing. So congratulations on that. Getting more into it, have you narrowed it down to how many are owned by women? Ooh, that is a good question. Actually, no, I haven't, but maybe I will. That's a great idea. Thank you. There are quite a few, to be honest. Yeah, there are quite a few. A lot of, uh, quite a few women in this space. And on my website, I only have spirits, but there are like uh, champagnes and wines that are owned black black women. So I encourage people to look those up as well. And out of the list. Uh, I think I may know the answer, but I, I don't want to. I don't want to jump forward. But out of your list of 140 spirits, what do you see the most of that are black owned? Is it rum? Is it tequila? Vodka? What What do you say? Vodka, vodka would be the the most. Um, I think there are over like 50 vodkas on the list. Yeah, yeah. It's it's really that is the biggest one. The next one I would say would probably be whiskey. Whiskey is mm-hmm. another big category for. I actually thought whiskey would have been first. <laughs> yeah, I you know because I, I well I drink them all honestly, um, but yeah, yeah vodka is actually the, the biggest. I think that would be interesting to talk to some of the the distillers and find out you know why are there so many making vodka or you know whiskey? Why are there so fewer making rum? So that would be that would be an interesting case study and. You know, which ones do women gravitate, women owners gravitate towards the most? Is it because they like to drink it and most Black women like to drink it? That, I think that would be really interesting, right? No, that is interesting. I mean, I would guess that the aging and whiskey and rum um, mm-hmm. probably contributes to, you know, more vodkas being made, for example. You don't really need to age vodka. And whiskey requires like barrels and rum sometimes as well. So I think rum and whiskey tend to be a little bit more complicated, maybe require a little more capital, but that would just be my guess. How many of um, the ones that you found, the the owners, the distillers, do more than one? So I have also on the list, I have uh, a category called multiple offerings. And so these, these, uh, I think it's maybe about 20 they produce multiple things. Uh, one of my favorites is Harlem HH Bespoke Spirit. Uh, they do vodka, rum, and gin. Then uh, there's a few others like um, 18th Street Distilling. Uh, Where's that one based? That one is in, oh, Denard. Denard, I'm sorry, is in Minnesota. 18th Street is somewhere in the Midwest, but I have locations on my website where you can see exactly where they are and, you know, maybe even pop in because some of them like 18th Street is an actual distillery. You can pop in. So is the Nord. So I would definitely. Oh, Miami distillers in Miami. They have multiple offerings as well. So there are quite a few. Okay, I feel like, you know, like you said, since uh, the whole social justice awareness 
happened in uh, 2020. I feel like there's so much interest in Black-owned businesses. And because I'm in that space too, I'm in the same space as you are, hospitality, food and beverages. I'm seeing a lot of that. And do you find that these people are getting more coverage? I mean, you have your guide, but do you see that these people are getting more coverage than ever as a result of what happened in 2020? I do, you know, and it's sort of a double-edged sword, right? It's like, why does a Black man have to be killed in the street for people to rally around Black-owned businesses? But on the other hand, it's great for these businesses. Um, They are getting the attention that they deserve. You know, people see something that's Black-owned, when really, yes, it's Black-owned, but also it's a good product. It's a good service. And so I really like to make that distinction. Like, yes, these are Black-owned products, but like, also you should eat or drink it because they're delicious. So yeah, it's it's unfortunate that it took us being home in a pandemic. It took us being home and for George Floyd to be murdered to, to, for us to actually rally around these businesses. But I'm glad to see that it is happening. And how often do you, t- I want to talk about some of the conversations that you have with these distillers, just about, you know, why they got into it. A lot of them. What's the general consensus? I just want to get an idea. So each one's story is different, honestly. Mm-hmm. Let's see. So uh, you have Antiel Tequila. They are based in Michigan. The owner, Nayana Ferguson, she is a two-time cancer survivor. Um, and so she wanted a product that she could drink you know, and still feel healthy, still, you know, reap those health benefits. And so she, that's why she started tequila. She wanted something that she knew was fresh, that she knew didn't have a lot of chemicals in it and that she herself could enjoy. Let's see. So Safina Spirits is like a cognac mixed with a fortified wine. That owner, uh, he is a retired marketing marketing executive, and he really just wanted something that he himself could drink, that he himself would enjoy. And that's actually, if if I could pick something, that would be it. Like people just wanted something that they themselves enjoyed. So that's why I love talking to these owners. I love um, sharing their stories because each one is different and each each product is different, which is why this market is so great. It's like I love tasting tasting them all. And moving on to the lodges, you're familiar with, and you've written about a lot of Black-owned hotels and motels and such. Talk about that a little bit. I'd love to look, know more. Yeah, so um, I haven't updated my list in a while, but there, I think I have a list of about 10 places. Um, even before this whole movement happened, it was always important for me to support Black-owned businesses. Like, I, that's just how I've grown up. And so... Wherever I go, I always look for Black-owned businesses that I can support. Um, and so hotels, obviously, is a, a natural extension for We'll Drink for Travel. Uh, so, you know, staying at Salamander in Virginia, uh, where Sheila Johnson is the owner. It's a beautiful property, uh, horses, golfing, spa, wellness. I mean, it's such an amazing, amazing property. I've heard about that. I've heard really good things about that property. Yes, it's delightful. So relaxing. And it's like in the middle of uh, Virginia's wine country. So you can, you know, go on a wine tour and then come back and spa, uh, massage. Mm-hmm. Um, so just, just like a beautiful, lovely property in uh, Virginia's country area. And then you have the Aquaba Inn in Poconos. And another amazing, like, property with a spa and just, like, wellness. So 
it, this space is really, it's really growing. Um, I've recently worked with uh, the Getaway Society. They are a luxury vacation home company, black owned. They have homes in Poconos, Gatlinburg, Hilton Head. I recently just came back from Martha's Vineyard where they have two homes. Wow. So they are really like slowly but surely building their portfolio of homes. And it's just been really such a great pleasure working with them as well. Wow. I mean, drink, travel, I mean, and food, you, you do it all. Now, as far as restaurants, what are your favorite type of black owned restaurants you like to support there? Yeah. So probably the down home cooking, like that soul food, you can never go wrong or even like Caribbean food. Mm. I love, 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 love. I love spicy food. So Caribbean food is, is my jam all day. Probably those two are, and you know, American bistro style as well. Honestly, I'm like a foodie, so I will literally try anything. Well, not anything, but like most places I'll try. In your travels throughout the world, when beyond uh, North America, what are you finding in, uh, beyond North America and beyond Africa as far as black owned businesses and the hospitality industry? So it's funny you mentioned that actually um, when I went to Paris, I was in search of black owned businesses and actually found quite a few. Like I think people think of, you know, if you think of London or Paris, for example, you're not thinking, thinking that black people are there, but just like the United States, these, these places are melting pots. And so you have people from all around the world who have, you know, for whatever reason have decided to settle here. And so with that come their cultures, come their cuisines. So you'd be surprised at the amount of black owned businesses that you will find abroad. You just actually have to like search for them. Um, Facebook is a good, a good um, reference as well. If you just want to like, you know, search travel groups or, you know, search different kind of cuisines in this, these cities, Google, obviously, but if you search for it, it's there. You just have to actually be willing to, to put in that, that effort. We didn't even talk about cocktails when we were talking about spirits. So you, I know you love the spirits, but then when you get into the cocktails, actual cocktails, what are some of your favorites, Ashley? Oh, that's so hard. It's like choosing. There's so many to choose from. I know, choosing children, my favorite children. Uh, I love like, so when I go on vacation, for example, I love like a caipirinha. Like that's such a great vacation drink made with cachaça, Brazilian. Um, rum. I love, like for breakfast or, you know, midday, I'll drink uh, <laughs> like a mudslide or like um, a white Russian, you know, something like with coffee. You can never go wrong with an old fashioned. And I love daiquiris as well. Like people think a daiquiri is like always has to be frozen or just like super sweet. When a daiquiri is literally like when it's made right, it can be the m most delicious drink. Um, so yeah, just, you really have to figure out like what spirit you're, you spirit you like, and then what kind of mood you're in. At least that's for me. Like, what do I feel like drinking today? Vodka, rum, whiskey. It depends on who I'm with, the mood I'm in, where we are, what we're going to do next, you know? So it's hard for me to choose. Okay. Well, based on that, when you said it depends on what mood I'm in, when you're traveling around the world, describe like your fashion choices. Like, okay, we're gonna go to Tanzania and I'm gonna pack this. 
as opposed to Paris, Caribbean, or Martha's Vineyard, what type of outfits are you bringing aboard? What's your personal style? So that's a great question. Um, I, if I'm going, well, I usually wear African garments throughout the year just because I, I like the print. I love the bright colors. Um, but obviously, if I'm going to Africa, I'm going to pack some of that. I'm going to pack, you know, very lightweight things because it can get really, really warm over there. Um, if I'm going to Paris, usually pack, pack layers um, because it can get cold in the evenings, um, especially if you're traveling in the fall or winter or Europe in general, I think. Just trying to, um, you know, match you know, try to fit in. Like, for example, if you see a person in like white sneakers, they're probably American. Because <laughs> they wear white sneakers. So, you know, don't bring your white sneakers. <laughs> you know, if you're doing a lot of walking, bring cute flats, bring um, not white tennis shoes. <laughs> so, you know, I really just, I, I always aim for comfort, but always like easy, versatile pieces that can be worn with multiple things. Um, so like a leather jacket, you can, you know, accessorize a jean jacket, riding boots. If I'm traveling in the fall or winter, you know, you can wear those with leggings or jeans or even a dress. So finding things that I can use in multiple ways. I love that. And I love riding boots. I've been wearing them, I think, since eighth grade. I know. <laughs> they never get old, right? They never, ever go out of style. Yeah. Speaking of shopping, because you sound like you may be a little bit of a shopaholic when it comes to the fashions, your earrings are absolutely gorgeous oh, um, that I'm looking at right now. When you're traveling all over the world, and I'm sure you probably patronize a lot of Black businesses too, are you bringing back a lot of fashions or is are they knickknacks? that to add to your cocktail collection or something? So it depends on where I am. If I'm in an African country, for example, I'm always getting tailored clothes, like always, um, because the, they're, they have these amazing tailors who are not expensive, like, and they will go, you'll go into their shop or whatever, and they will have either things that you can already buy or things that you can actually get tailor made to your body, which, mm -hmm. I found to be so amazing. Um, I can literally wear these clothes all year round. So definitely anytime I'm in Africa, I'm always getting clothes. Um, other places I go, I always try to bring like a bottle of liquor home. Um, so I have like this area in my closet that I call like my international liquor section and I never actually drink them. I just like, like the bottles. they're there, yeah. <laughs> like collector's items. Well, give me some examples of what's in that closet. So I have like rum from Seychelles, uh, rum from Ghana. Uh, where else have I been? Wait, what's, wait, what'd you get from Ghana? You can't just skip over that. <laughs> um, what did I bring back from Ghana? I think it was a gin. I want to say it was a hmm. gin. Seychelles, I was actually surprised to see that they had a rum. Oh, I just remembered the Tanzanian spirit, Kanyagi. It tastes like a gin, but it's not. Is it's it clear? Sparing. It's clear, yeah. Okay. And it's really, it can be hard. So it's like, I drink it sparingly. Um, did you bring that? Did you bring some of that home? Of course. Of course. I have <laughs> some of that in my closet as well. Ooh, uh, Curacao rum. I went to Turkey, actually, and I bought what they call Rocky back. It's like a licorice type of spirit. It's also clear. Um, so it probably falls like in the vodka family. 
but that is delicious as well. Um, so yeah, I have quite, quite the collection. Quite the collection. So yeah. how many bottles would you say you've collected thus far? Yeah, maybe about 15 to 20. Um, it's building. It's building, you that's know. Nice collection. I, well, and that's just the international side. Obviously I have right. my black owned spirits, which are also really special to me. So how many of those do you have? Probably about 20 as well, which doesn't seem like a lot, but it is, especially because, you know, not all of them are available in Maryland where I live. So um, you either have to order them online um, or buy them in the store. So, you know, it can be difficult to put your hand, get your hands on sometimes, but it's definitely worth the effort. Absolutely. Ashley, it has been such a pleasure talking to you. I mean, I've, you've given me so much information and I cannot wait to check out your site, which is what's WillDrinkForTravel.com. I am Will Drink for Travel on all platforms. Uh, if you head to my YouTube channel, you can see some of my adventures as well as some of my interviews with Black-owned spirit owners. You, uh, it's Will Drink for Travel TV. Um, so just type that in. I'm Will Drink for Travel on Instagram, Drink for Travel on Twitter, and Will Drink for Travel on Facebook. That is awesome. Like I said, I've learned so much from you today and it makes me, it makes me want to travel. I want to go to all these places. I'm, I'm going to start looking at places just a lot differently when I start yeah. traveling and I'm going to start seeking out more black owned businesses when I travel outside of the state. So thanks for that. Yeah. I mean, I definitely feel like it's, it's a diaspora, right? And so, you know, definitely making those connections and people always want to welcome you, especially if it's a black owned business. So I highly recommend, you know, searching them out because you make lifelong friends, honestly. Well, thank you so much, Ashley. I appreciate it and continued success in all your travels. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. It's been great chatting with you. Well, that does it for this episode. I want to thank my guest, Ashley Tuck, again for joining me. We're back next Friday with another outstanding, talented, and of course, stylish culinary personality you don't want to miss. Thank you so much for listening to Peace and Fashion on the Eat, Drink, Dine podcast network. I'm your host, Adasha Townsend. Meet me back here next Friday.